Psalm 103, verse number 1. Psalm 103. I want to talk tonight again about um, divine healing basics. Divine healing basics. Uh, So this is divine healing basics lesson two. Right before we took our Christmas break, I did a a Wednesday night on divine healing basics, and we started. So let's do lesson two, all right? Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord. David, the psalmist, is saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. That that word bless, as we found out Sunday, means to congratulate, salute, to praise, to applaud. So he's saying, salute the Lord, bless the Lord, I praise the Lord, I congratulate the Lord, I lift Him up, I applause Him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Notice he tells his soul to bless the Lord. How many of us realize that we're spirit, soul, and body? We are a spirit, we possess a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. All right? You're not body. You're not body. Uh, your spirit. You are a spirit man. The, the Apostle Paul calls the spirit the inward man. The Apostle Peter calls the spirit the hidden man of the heart. So we are spirit. That's who you really are. That's the real you. We possess a soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotions, and we live in a body. And notice what he says. Bless the Lord. He tells his soul, so you've got to salute the Lord. You've got to praise the Lord. How many of you realize, like I realize, that sometimes your old flesh, sometimes your body, sometimes your mind, will, and emotions doesn't want to praise the Lord? That's why he says, so you do it. You do it. Your spirit man has to tell yourself many days, we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to bless the Lord. If you're waiting till you feel like it, or to, if, if we wait till all the circumstances are perfect and we want to, chances are we will go many days without worshiping and praising and blessing the Lord. So notice what the psalmist says. So, he tells us so. You bless the Lord. You praise the Lord. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits And then he starts a litany list of benefits that go through about verse number 13, but we're only going to do the one in verse 3. Notice what he says, who forgives all of our iniquities and who heals all our diseases. Isn't that amazing? Most of us don't really believe, we believe half of that verse. We believe he forgives all of our iniquities, but... He doesn't heal all of our disease. He heals little diseases, or some people don't even believe he heals any diseases. But notice what David said. He said, bless the Lord. Why? Because he's blessed us with so many benefits. What are they? He forgives all of our iniquities, and he heals how many? All of our diseases. And we're going to learn in this teaching that the same sacrifice on the cross of Calvary that took away our sin, also took away our sickness and disease. And if we would understand that and learn to appropriate that by faith, then getting our bodies well and whole will just be almost as simple as getting our sins forgiven. But because we haven't taught it that easy... That's the reason. We say, oh, you can give, give your heart to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. He'll forgive you. Well, I've done so many bad things. Well, it don't make any difference. He'll forgive you. All you have to do is ask him to forgive you. He'll forgive you. But you don't know what I've done. It don't make any difference. Well, I don't feel any better after I prayed. It don't make any difference. You're saved. You're saved. It don't make any difference. How many have heard things like that? 
But then when it comes to our healing, we pray, well, how do you feel? Well, I don't feel any difference. Well, you must not got healed. But no, when it comes to forgiving sins, it don't make any difference how we feel. If you prayed in faith and asked him to forgive, guess what he did? He forgave. It's by faith. So we, we understand that, and we, we have to learn that, and we have to keep telling ourselves, he forgives all of our iniquities, all of our sins, and he heals all of our for, uh, diseases. Now, you go anywhere and talk to anyone nowadays, and before long, health care and health comes up as the topic. Health care. You turn your TV on right before I went home for a few minutes this afternoon, uh, right before church, and uh, uh, to let Annie out. Annie is our little Sheltie. I have to let Annie out. And uh, Amanda has to let me out, but I have to let Annie out. And, uh, and I, I just had the TV on, and it's all, every, it just seems like every commercial is some drug company. And they spend 10 seconds telling you what the drug will do, and 45 seconds telling you how it will kill you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, every commercial is some about health care. And then on some stations, it's um, Medicare and Medicare supplements. It's either drugs, Medicare supplements, or Ponzi Law, Justice for All, <laughs> and uh, Bart Durham uh, looking for a tractor-trailer rig to run over you so he can <laughs> sue the fire out of them, all right? So that's the three things you see on TV between your programs. Uh, but health care. Disease, sickness, you talk to family members, you know, you call them on the phone. Before you get off the phone, they're going to talk about their latest sickness. I know, I know with a lot of uh, elderly people, they want to talk about their latest disease and their latest doctor's appointment. Every time we call our parents, uh, my parents, they have just either been to a doctor or going to a doctor or mad at a doctor or paid a doctor. <laughs> It's just the way it is. Every time we talk to them, it, 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 health care is important. It's important to us. Our health is important to us. And the older we get, and every one of us are older today than we were last week, the older we get, our bodies normally begin to wear and show signs of wear and tear. So the older we get, we should understand that health and health care is a vital, important part of our living uh, fulfilled and living joyfully. And to think that Christ, who saved us for an eternity, doesn't have a plan to help us through these latter years of our bodies wearing down, to think that he wouldn't even consider that or doesn't want to help us is ridiculous. Because he does want to help us. Remember, he not only forgave our sins, he's paid a price to heal our diseases. See, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. How many are like me? I just turned 60 last week. And how many are like me have discovered the older you get, the more your body has a tendency to hurt in places it never hurt before. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's not a lack of faith. I want you to understand it's not a lack of faith. Look what the Word says. Paul says it this way. He's Paul's talking to Christians. 
And notice what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Notice he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly, though outwardly, our bodies, our flesh, we're wasting away. That's what the NIV says. We're wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Outwardly, one translation says, the outward man perishes. Another translation says the outward man is decaying, our physical body. But inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. Now, I didn't realize this until I got older. But if my body didn't tell me I was older, I would never know it by my spirit man, my heart. I still think on the inside I can do what I've always done. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I still... My, I still have a desire to get up and go, but my getter-up-and-goer is a little slower in catching up with the get, you know? But on the inside, on the inside, I mean, I just, man, let's go after it. Let's do it. Man, let's do that. Let's do that. And then you get out there to do it, and all of a sudden, ooh, I'm not 28. I'm not 35. I'm not 45. I'm not 51. I'm 60. And notice what it says. Though the outward man is wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Now here's a lesson we need to learn. This is a a walk of faith. Is that the older we get, as we as children of God, mature Christians, we need to learn if our inward man is being renewed day by day, we have to fight to keep the joy of the Lord the older we get instead of letting our bodies dictate our spiritual tone every single day of our life. Even though our bodies are hurting, we don't need to let uh, our bodies dictate our spiritual tone and our vitality and our joy. Notice what Paul says. My outward man's perishing. It's wasting away. But my inward man is renewed. It's brand new. It's fresh. It's full of vigor. It's full of love. It's full of joy. And it happens every single day. Then notice what else it says. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1. For we know, what do we know, Paul? This he's talking to the Christians again. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in, notice he calls your body, my body, your body, an earthly tent. He says, we know if it's destroyed. He just said it's wasting away. He says, if it's destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. So notice he says, when this body, which is human, flesh and blood, is gone, we have a body in heaven that's immortal. It's it's never going to waste away. So we know from the Bible and we know from experience that none of us will leave this earth by escaping physical death unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Every one of us. Nobody's escaped it yet except uh, Elijah and Enoch. Those are the only two on record that's escaped earth without passing through the veil of physical death. Elijah was caught up, he was raptured up, and so was Enoch. All right? So no one has escaped physical death but those two. Maybe you might be the third. You might be the third. I've told the Lord that several times. 
I've been in prayer, and it seems like the glory of God would fill my prayer closet. And that's almost, his presence was so strong in my prayer closet, I felt like he was right there. I'd say, uh, let's go. If you want to go, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm closer to your house now than I am my house anyway. Let's go, let's go to heaven. I remember back in 1988, I was praying on a Tuesday afternoon. And I just got down in my, right beside my desk at my chair. And I knelt down at my chair and I was praying. I had some things that were troubling me. This was 1988. I didn't know what I know now. I hadn't grown the way I'd grown. I just had a heart after God. And it was a Tuesday afternoon, and I just started praying. Just, just some things troubling me, so I was just praying about those things. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was caught up. I felt myself leaving. I, I, Paul said it this way, whether in the body or out of the body, I know not. God knoweth. I don't know if I physically went to heaven or if I just spiritually went to heaven. But the next thing I knew, I was standing in the presence of the Lord. I can, people talk to me all the time. They've heard me tell my stories. And they'll say, well, tell us what heaven's like. I can tell you, the colors are brilliant. And it's like the oxygen is liquid love. I've never experienced anything like it or since. And the Lord began telling me some things about my life and about my ministry. Probably didn't last more than I'd say 10 to 12 minutes earth time. I felt like I was there for a long time. And I, he started pulling away. I was no farther from him than, than me and Bubba. And he started talking to me about my life and my ministry that I never knew about, that was going to happen. Now, 30 years later, I look back on it, and I see the things he told me have come to pass. Many of them have come to pass for Amanda and I. But as he was talking, he started pulling away, and I knew I was leaving. And I was, it was at such a, a euphoric place that I remember saying to the Lord, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. He said, you must go back. I said, I don't want to go back. He said, you must go back. You must go back for your wife, and you must go back for your little boy. And my little boy was only two years old at the time. And then the Lord told me some other things that he wanted me to do. That's the reason I had to go back. But people say to me, Pastor, is, is, should I be scared of death? Not if you're a child of God. I, I, was, I was alive when I went and healthy as a 30-year-old. But when I got there, I didn't want to come back because it is such a beautiful, wonderful, loving place. I, had, I don't even have the words to describe it. People say, well, it, it describes it in the book of Revelation. No, Revelation don't describe it. That's man's best attempt to put in words something that is indescribable. And that's, I'm talking about heaven. So understand, every one of us are, are going to leave this earth. We're going to leave it either with the Lord coming back and taking us away, or we're going to leave it by physical death. And physical death is not a lack of faith. And those of us who die in Christ are going to something far better anyway than down here. I promise you, I've been there. I know. 
My wife told, told, told our daughter recently, we did this living will and power of attorney and all that kind of stuff. And my wife, medical power of attorney. And my wife told our daughter, Casey, we brought Casey in. She's the executor of, the, of our affairs. We sure don't want our son doing that. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll take all of our money and buy Harley Davidsons and ski boats, you know. I mean, really accomplish a lot for the kingdom of God. So we bring our daughter in to be the executor of the estate. And, and, uh, and she said, well, you know, if something happens to dad, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn the, turn the machine off. She said, I'm not going to turn the machine off. I'm going to pray and believe God. And, and mama said to her, listen, hon, he's already been over there. And if he ever gets that close again, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. All right. So we're all going to go, but we don't have to fear it. And tonight I want you to understand that, yes, we believe in divine healing, and I'm going to teach you some principles about divine healing, but you never lose if you're a child of God. The place over there is so wonderful. I remember I had a judge had been diagnosed with cancer, and, and he, he was a Baptist pastor. And he called me, and he said, Pastor Eddie, would you, would you come pray for me? I said, I'll be happy to come pray for you. He says, I'm unsure. This was his word. He says, I'm unsure. He says, I want to stay here because I have grandchildren. But he says, I think I want to go to heaven too because I've been preaching on all my life and I know a little bit from what the Word says about heaven and I think I want to go to heaven too. So would you just come pray with me and help me decide? Today he's in heaven. He's in heaven today and he hasn't lost. So understand that. We have nothing to fear. But we're all going to go by the way of the grave unless the Lord comes. Now, some of you say, what do you keep saying unless the Lord comes? Well, let me give you a scripture for that. We believe that one day the Lord is coming back. People say this all the time. You think he's coming back this year? I don't know if he's coming back this year. The Bible says no man knows the hour nor the day. So for somebody to write a book and say it's going to happen on such and such a day, they're wrong. It's not, they can't figure it out. So nobody knows the hour nor the day. But he is going to come back. He is going to come back. Why? Because the Word says He's going to come back. Let me prove it to you from Scripture. Turn with me real quickly to 1 Thessalonians. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul is writing to Christians at Thessalonica. And listen to what he says. He says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Okay? So, in other words, there were some of their family members who knew Christ as their Lord and Savior. They had started to die, and they were expecting Jesus to come back. Remember when Jesus left on the, uh, from Jerusalem after his resurrection? He says, why you stand here gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus that was taken away? The angel said, this same Jesus that was taken away will so come in like manner. So the early church... The first century church, they actually believed that Jesus was going to come back to get them or to set up his kingdom on planet earth before they died. And now years have passed. 30, 40, 50, 60 years have passed. And now some of their loved ones have started to die. So they don't know what's... Remember, the Bible hadn't been written then. It's just being written. So the things we know about death and heaven and, and transition between the two, they didn't have all of that then. All right? We're reading what the Holy Spirit taught them as they were walking through it. 
And notice what he has said. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. That you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe, verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again. How many of you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Okay. And so we believe that God, now notice this. It's important here. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left unto the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep or who have died. Verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, and the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now notice how Paul, he says, listen, I, I want you to understand, your people who have, who have died in the Lord, your family, your, your brothers, your sisters, your spouses, your parents, your children who have died in the Lord. He, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning where they've gone. They've gone to be with the Lord. And he says, one of these days, the Lord's going to come back, and notice how he says it, and we that are alive. Paul kept thinking, Paul thought the whole time he lived that he was going to be alive when Jesus returned. He didn't say they who are alive, he said we that are alive. So the Apostle Paul literally lived with an expectation that Jesus is coming back any single day. Now, that's something we need to think about. When was the last time you thought about Jesus coming back? The Bible tells us in the book of John, the epistle of John, that if we live with an expectation that Jesus could come back any day, it will cause us to live a more holy life. All right? I used to grow up, I'd, there were some things that I wouldn't do because I was scared if I did them. Right about the time, my luck, about the time I did them, Jesus would come back and I'd miss it. I remember the first time Amanda took me to the movie. She was Church Christ. She was Church Christ. She could go to the movies and not go to hell. But if I went to the movies, I, and I was scared. I don't even can't remember watching the first movie because I was scared that the Lord. I kept going out for popcorn every five minutes just in hoping that if he came back, I'd be outside the movie house when he came. All right? So, this scripture tells us that an event's going to take place in which the Lord is going to come back, and when he comes back, he's going to bring people who have died in the Lord with him. So to bring them with him, that means they are with him. If he's bringing them with him, that means they have gone to be with him. But he also tells us that when he comes back, there are still people that's going to be here on earth that's never tasted death. So there are going to be some people who, like Enoch and like Elijah, who will experience uh, the rapture, it's the Italian word, or the catching away 
of the saints. There will be people. But for most people, we go by way of the grave. That's how we're going to leave this earth. We're going to go by way of the grave. So the question that we need to ask is, what happens to Christians who physically die? What happens to them? Some people say, well, they go to paradise. And they, they quote that scripture about, uh, uh, that Jesus did uh, on the cross. You've got to remember, at that time, Jesus had not died. So they went to paradise. You don't go to paradise anymore. You go to heaven now. All right? Uh, people say, well, what about the, the, the beggar? And the Lazarus, the beggar, and the rich man. Well, there's, there's, uh, we could teach on that for a month because that's a wonderful teaching. But where do you go when you die? Where, does mom, where did mama go that just died? Where did daddy go? Where did granny? Where did my husband go? Where did my child go that knows the Lord? Where did they go when they die? Well, let's look what the Word says. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 27. And it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So here's a verse of Scripture that tells us none of us are going to escape physical death unless we're caught up with the Lord in this event called the catching away or the rapture of the church. He says, it's appointed unto men once to die, the King James says. And after this the judgment. So every one of us are, are going to die. Now notice the Scripture didn't say you have an appointed time to die. It says we're all appointed to die, but not having an appointed time. How many have heard that stuff? Well, when your number's called, ain't nothing you can do. Well, that's not true. That's a tradition of man. There is something. If I walk out there in the middle of Memorial in the afternoon when people are coming home and just stand there in the middle of the street and somebody runs over me, my number's not being called. I'm calling my own stupid number. All right? So, so it doesn't say every man has an appointed time to die. I'll show you tonight that you can lengthen your days or you can shorten your days by obedience to the Word of God. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Here's a good one. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse number 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse number 8. None of us, none of us, everybody say none of us. None of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our death. There is no escaping that obligation, that dark battle. And in the face of death, wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked. Here's another one. Turn to Psalm 89. Psalm chapter 89. Psalm 89, verse 48. Who can live and not see death? Or who can escape the power of the grave? So understand, unless the Lord comes back, we're all going by the way of the grave. The Word says nobody can escape it unless the Lord comes back. Now, here's the second thing we need to understand. At physical death, the child of God escapes their body and goes to be with Jesus in heaven. What happened to mama? What happened to daddy? What happened to my loved one? What happened to my work co-worker that died? What happened? Amanda and I just had a, uh, one, of our, one of our ladies who was a young lady in our church. She just died this past weekend, uh, 44 years old. 
What happened to her? She knew the Lord. What happened to her? At physical death, the child of God escapes their body and goes to be with Jesus in heaven. Understand, I use the term physical death because that's a proper term. Because the child of God never dies. Remember what the Bible... How how many of you remember this verse? Was taught this verse in Sunday school. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So when you die, everlasting life doesn't stop. You just continue it on. The spirit man is the one that got born again. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. That's talking about your spirit man, the one on, your, on the inside. That becomes new. Your body doesn't become new. If you were uh, tall and dark and handsome before you accepted Jesus... You're going to be tall, dark, and handsome after you accept Jesus. If you were blonde head before you accept Jesus, you're going to be a blonde head after you accept Jesus, unless you, uh, unless you change that through uh, mechanical means. All right, but that doesn't ha- that change doesn't take place at your salvation experience. So if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Who? Where's the new creature? Right here on the inside, your heart, your spirit. That gets born again. It receives eternal life. So when your physical body dies, your eternal spirit, which is the real you, escapes that body that has been racked with pain and is perishing and is wasting away. That, physical, that spirit man that's renewed day by day, the one that still thinks he can do everything he's always done, he's going to escape that old body that's been holding him back. And he's going to be with Jesus in heaven. So we have nothing to fear. That's why I tell people, Christians all the time, uh, they talk about, well, I'm going, I'm going to the cemetery, I'm going to see mama. No, you're not going to see mama at the cemetery. If she knew Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, she's not in the cemetery. Her body's there, and you can go there and remember that and have that as a place of, of, of memories and wonderful memories, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. But she ain't there. She's not laying there looking up at you. She's up there looking down at you and say, what are you doing out here in this cold cemetery? Get back in the house and put your coat on. That's what mamas say. All right? Now notice what the Word says. Go back to 2 Corinthians 5. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 again, verse 1. For we know, what do we know, Paul? That if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. Where? In heaven. Not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Verse 4. For while we are in this tent, notice Paul calls our body a tent. A tent is a temporary dwelling. All right? This body was, uh, we're not here forever. This is a temporary dwelling. And Paul says, for while we, we, while we are in this tent, who's we? Our spirit. While our spirit is in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed. In other words, we don't want to go through death, but we definitely want to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. In other words, if our spirit man could move from the old carnal man 
into our new body without going through the death platform, we would love to do it. Verse 5. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us as the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing us what is to come. Verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long... Now notice this. As long as we are at home in the body... Who? We. As long as we, our spirits, are at home in our body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer, now notice what he says, to be away from our bodies and to be where? Home with the Lord. So for the child of God, when physical death comes... Their spirit escapes their pain-wracked body or their temporal body and it goes to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is the Lord? He's at the right hand of God the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. And where are we going? We're going to be with Him. So where are we going? We're going to heaven to be with the Lord. Notice he says, as long as we're at home in the body, we're not with the Lord. But if we leave our bodies... We go be with the Lord. All right? We're not going to, we're not some cosmos out here circling Pluto. All right? The child of God leaves here and goes to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's another one. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope. Paul's talking here that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. He says, I want him exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is what? And how many of us think that it's when we die, we've lost? Paul says, no, you've got the wrong perspective on this thing. He says, to die is to gain. I can tell you, to die is to gain. I've been there. I know what it's like. To die is to gain. And then notice what he says. He says, um, verse 22, If I am to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn, verse 23, I love this one. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ. Notice if he departs his body, where is he going? To be with Christ. Which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in my body. Notice for the person who's laying in that bed suffering. It's better for them to go be with the Lord. But for us who are left here, that love them and want them here as long as we can keep them, it's better for us that they stay. See, that's what he says. He says, I am a torn between the two. I desire to part and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Here's another one. Back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. 
Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. So when we leave our bodies, we go to be with Jesus Christ. Here's the last thing I want to teach you tonight, uh, and we ain't even getting divine healing. It's just introduction. This is introduction letter A. All right. Though physical death is a certainty, because we know nobody can escape it unless you go to be with the rapture. Though physical death is a certainty, we must remember it is an enemy which longs to capture us before we complete our God-given destiny. Well then, Pastor, if it's better if we go to be with Jesus, why do we pray for healing? Because sickness and disease and death is an enemy. The Bible calls it an enemy. And enemies come to steal us, capture us, destroy us, before we accomplish and finish and fulfill everything God has uh, called us to do on this planet. I don't want to die, not because I'm scared of what's coming. I know what's coming, and it's far greater than this. I don't want to die because I'm not finished yet. I haven't finished my race. I haven't completed my course. There's still some things in my heart that I want to accomplish for the Lord Jesus Christ and for my family and for others. So I've got some things that I want to complete. So I fight sickness and disease and I fight the spirit of death. And I take, try my best to start taking care of my body and doing some things that I need to do to ward off. If, if I didn't have any more reason to live, shoot, let's get out of here. Let's go on and be with the Lord because that's far better anyway. Everybody with me? Everybody with me? All right. Let me, death and sickness and disease, which brings death, is an enemy. So we fight it. We fight it. We hate enemies. Look at 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty six. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. That's what it says. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Here's a great one. Since the children have flesh and blood, since we have flesh and blood, you have flesh and blood, I have flesh and blood. He too, Jesus, since we have flesh and blood, he also shared in their humanity. He also became flesh and blood. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Who holds the power of death? The devil. And free, look at verse 15. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by what? Fear of death. I know people right now that are so scared to die. They're so scared to die. Not because they've, they want to accomplish some more things. They're just scared. They don't have any faith. They don't, they've lost their faith or they've never been taught that the, to die is better in Christ. They've never been taught that. So many people are fearful of death. And as Christians, we fight sickness and disease in the spirit of death. Not because we're fearful of it. Because every enemy has been put under our feet in Jesus' name. 
We fight sickness and disease because it's coming to steal and rob us of everything God designed and ordained for us to accomplish here on earth. And we don't want to leave here until we fulfilled our purpose, reached our destiny, finished our course, and completed what God's called us to complete. That's why we fight the sickness and disease. That's why we pray for healing. All right? And Jesus has paid the price for it on the cross of Calvary so we can fight. Now, here's something to understand. Since death is an enemy and desires to prohibit us from fulfilling our God-given destiny, then we fight against death and the causes of death, sickness, disease, and tragedy. And as, as those who have been redeemed by Christ... We do not fight death because we're scared to die. We are not scared to die. And if you're scared to die, it's time that you turn that thing over to the Lord and get that peace. Well, I'm scared to go to the hospital. I'm scared to go to the doctor. I don't want to go to the hospital because them suckers take all your money out of your checking account. And my wife needs another outfit. So we can't, we, you know... As those who have been redeemed by Christ, we do not fight death because we're scared to die. We fight death because it's an enemy that is trying to prohibit our destiny and rob God's blessings in our life. Sickness and disease is trying to prevent your destiny from coming to pass and God's blessings in your life. I'll close with this one. A long life. A long life with blessings and are a life and or a life which fulfills its God's given destiny is a promise to claim for God's children. A long life with blessings and or a life which fulfills its God's given destiny is a promise to claim for God's children. Well, what about Jesus? He didn't live but 33 years. Yeah, and you know on the cross what he said? It is finished. He accomplished his purpose. He fulfilled his destiny. The apostle Paul, what did he say? He only lived, most people believe he lived to be 51 to 55. Well, that's young nowadays. But what did he say? He says, I have run a good race. I have finished my course. I have fought a good fight. He fulfilled his purpose for being here. Okay. So, a long life with blessings and or a life which fulfills its God-given destiny is a promise to claim for God's children. So every day, you and I need to claim, I'm going to live a long life. God's promised me a long life. I'll show you that scriptures for that next time. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's a scripture right in the Bible. So every day, say with long life, I'm going to be blessed with long life, and I'm going to fulfill my destiny. Speak that. We speak that over our children. They're grown. And every day in prayer, I speak that over my children. My children shall be, live a long life, a blessed long life, and they will fulfill God's destiny for their life. In Jesus' name. It's a promise to claim. Amen?